Hey, Brent. Hey, how you doing, man? You know, not too shabby. Real fucking tired. It's been a it's been a long long weekend of work already. But uh, you know, I got I bought like three new co-op games over the week, and that's really given me some life. Which ones? We got a uh, Mother Gunship, all capitals. That's on PS4. Or yeah, you, dude. It's on PS4. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm playing on. I, well, I haven't played it for a while, but yeah, I checked it out uh, over last weekend, and um, I was kind of fucking blown away in like the best way. It was like some good comedy. Uh, there was. I do uh, like that. That'd be funny. Oh, what else was it? Lovers in uh, Dangerous Space Time. That looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, and then uh, last one was Crawl. You heard of Crawl? Four-player battle royale kind of style thing. It's all pixel dungeon crawler. One person is a human. The other three people are ghosts that then uh, summon creatures and possess objects and like try to fucking kill the human. Whoever gets the last hit on the human becomes the human. Okay. And then you get like you know more exp and gold and stuff like that. It's fucking tight like you need to check the shit out i had a lot of good times with that over the week pretty much all my gaming times has been yakuza yeah which i, I want to do another episode on yakuza. i yeah, don't know yeah. what exactly it would entail yet but i could you know we could probably <laughs> just do it on the yakuza team my dude you know like the team within sega yeah um Judge Eyes. I don't know if we talk about that. <gasps> Judge Eyes! Oh, man, dude, you know that's going to be fucking dope, doing kickflips and kicking people in the face. It looks really good. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm looks excited. super good. Dude, October um, is going to be so busy for us, too. I, I'm, I'm a little sad at the lack of Kiryu. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of October, I put my pre-order money down on uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. So I'll be playing that, like, day one. Same same with me with uh, Soul Calibur Six. That's been paid off for about four months now. <laughs> <laughs> I am just took out a mortgage on you. <laughs> I am just waiting. Yeah. So eagerly, they keep throwing me new characters. And then, like the other day, I was thinking to myself, like, remember the game Luminous on the PSP? Yeah. I used to play that a lot. I used to have one. Um, Fun little music rhythm game. Blockbusting game. Yeah. Uh, there's a remastered version on PS4. Huh. And, like, that game, like, you just sit down and you start playing it. Next thing I know, like, oh, I've been playing it for, like, two hours. <laughs> no. Those are the fucking best. Yeah, it's just, like, it's it's a very addictive and nice, uh, you just kind of chill out to some tunes. Like, you're kind of, mm. like, your moves, like, kind of also mess with the sound. It's pretty cool. I Yeah, those things are wonderful. But that's a really fun transition there, Brent. Because, uh... It's like you planned it. The music I I say that. of video games is kind of the theme for today. We're looking at amazing music, but namely the composer of said music, uh-huh. Mick Gordon. Mickey Gordo. Mickey Gordo. That fucking Aussie. He's done some really crazy musical masterpieces such as uh doom 2016 uh killer instinct for the xbox one the wolf the new wolfenstein series that we've been enjoying uh prey from 2017 and the highly anticipated well for for us highly anticipated for everybody probably probably (laughs) for most of the fucking people that played the the first one but doom eternal this musical maniac who has made huge splashes had pretty humble beginnings. 
Old Mickey Mick was born on July 9th, 1985 in McKay, Queensland, Australia. Now, while it was incredibly hard to find out much about Mr. Gordon's early life, that just means we can really get into where he started and what he's been up to. Yeah, I'm not really, until like Killer Instinct, I really don't know what he did right. before that. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, when I was researching uh, Mr. Gordon, I couldn't find any, he's got his own website. Yeah. He's got his own website that shows you all the projects he's worked on, what he's working on, uh, how to get a hold of him, everything like that. I was like, I should probably email him. <laughs> but I was like, no, we ain't got time for that. Um, but you really can't find anything as far as like his early life goes. We'll just have to wait until uh, he decides to do an interview with somebody to tell him uh, what it was like growing up in the... Uh, 80s and 90s and uh, yeah, you should have emailed Australia. them. He'd be like, "Oi, fuck off, mate! <laughs> you bloody cunt!" Because you know he's Australian. Uh, <laughs> you know, get like, off how, me bleeding emails. Oh Jesus! I hope that That's anybody. Awesome. I hope that the you know maybe all of our Aussie friends. I was gonna say our one thirtieth of a listener from Australia probably will uh, want to take a cricket bat. To, I don't know. What do you play over there? Do you want to throw rugby. a koala? So I mean, if they're rugby, they'll they'll fuck us right up. Oh yeah, they'll uh, they'll flat us out, man. And I'll be I'll, I'll be legal, right? On that field, who gives a shit? But the the part that I'm most excited <laughs> about with this episode, though, is we get to show you some really excellent it's tunes. A, yeah, it's an excuse for me to really go nuts with all the all the music I can I can cram in. Oh yes, but uh. It's our aim with today's episode to give you a fun audio experience through the evolution of Mick Gordon's music. And how else can you talk about him unless you're, you know... Exactly. you got to listen. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's going to be this kind of fun audio experience. Not just having to listen to us uh, ramble on like we usually do about the things that we and you guys love, but we get to be your annoying friends like, yo, listen to this track real quick. And you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere because otherwise you'd have to leave the podcast. So you, and you're in this for life. Once you press play, you got to listen to the whole thing. That's I don't make the rules. Yeah, it's a blood contract. Yep. You don't want Belial to come after you. He'll do it. He'll fucking do it. So, like I said before, like I sincerely love this Aussie. I have several of the video game albums that he's composed saved on every electronic device I own and listen to them very often. In fact, I listened to his whole Doom soundtrack while, while I wrote this episode up. And I listened to his Killer Instinct album yesterday while I was at work. In fact, uh, I just opened up my Spotify before we started this episode. And yeah, I was, uh, I was listening to his Season 2 album from Killer Instinct uh, before I left work today. You know, uh, about Killer Instinct, real quick, um, I... I kind of dropped out of that game mm -hmm. uh, when he stopped making music for it. Yeah. Coincidence? Probably. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kind of lost interest around season three. Like, we'll, we'll definitely end up doing um, an episode that will cover the history of Killer Instinct and get us to where uh, Killer Instinct is now. We still got to make that movie um, about the people who go on a cross-country trip to uh, update uh, all the all yes. the arcade cabinets for Killer Instinct. That That is going to happen. That sounds fun. Mick Gordon has won numerous awards for his music, and he continues to awe us with some of the most intricate, macabre, and mind-bending music we've been able to have the pleasure of experiencing in video games to date. <laughs> but let's start with Hot Dog King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm boy! I'm looking at Tyler's notes here. <laughs> here in my outline... 
we're we're gonna start with where Mick Gordon has his uh, first credit. So he had uh, apparently been in the industry since 2002, but you really can't fucking find anything on this man until about 2006. Uh, which, um, who remembers this fantastic tune from Hot Dog King? So crazy, it's hot, hot. Can't fake it, it's hot, hot. Won't you take it, it's hot, hot. Hot girl. So sexy, it's hot, hot. And pretty, it's hot, hot. Make you crazy, it's hot, hot. Hot girl. We can be close to a Man, this fucking tune is bumping. It's so fucking fresh. Yeah, you hear that track when I'm pulling up? <laughs> in your fucking Barbie Pinko fucking Converto bill. They got all kinds of poser bitches in there. <laughs> They're terrifying, dude. So, like, while Mick Gordon didn't work on this particular tune, this is his first game that he has composing credits for. So it's an excuse to talk about Hot Dog King. Which, let's be honest... If you were going to hear about anybody talk about Hot Dog King, it would have to be here on podcast for two people. I don't know anything about it, but except what you told me before we started recording. I was like, interesting, interesting. Right. Hot Dog King is basically a crappy 3D poser model uh, business simulator where you run a hot dog fast food joint that serves uh, half-naked, terrifying-looking women with ridiculous <laughs> jiggle physics. And if you don't know what Poser is, um, it's probably the, the the engine that brings you all your best uh, futanari porn. I was going to say, just spend 35 seconds on any deviant art, <laughs> yeah. artist uh, fucking page. <laughs> just find a uh, Hitomi from DOA fucks uh, Momiji <laughs> with but a also, huge dick. I was going to say, but also puking out ectoplasm. <laughs> That goes into uh, Christy's butthole and possesses her. Uh, <laughs> Can we do an episode on DeviantArt fan art? <laughs> we might as well. We might as well. So, to uh, to escape that nightmare verse, no. uh, Mick moved to more wholesome lands and worked with Nicktoons <laughs> games for two years before heading over to the Need for Speed franchise where he co-composed the music for Need for Speed Shift with composer Mark Morgan, who had worked on the musical composition of both Fallout and Fallout 2. Uh, really good soundtracks in those games. Right, which... Um, so good that they reused it in uh, Fallout New Vegas, some of them. And uh, so, like, when I was originally researching this one, I was like, oh, sweet. So, like, is this when he started making, like, his own music and this <laughs> was really good? No! <laughs> he literally just kind of organized the soundtrack for the game... Uh, as it already had a lot of music from other artists in the mix, like Kasabian's uh, tune um, Underdog, if I remember right, and uh, <laughs> Dead Mouse. Speaking of PSP, still alive. There is a a UMD disc. Oh boy! Which came with like music videos, mm -hmm. and um, one of Kasabian's tracks was on there. I'm trying to remember what it was called now. Clubfoot. Clubfoot. Yep, that's it. Yeah, uh, everything from that. Uh, from that album. I mean, like, it's a very good album. I really like Kasabian, but it's either Underdog or it's Clubfoot. Yeah. Man, who wants to go back to 2005 with me? I don't know. I've been thinking back about that time. Same. I've when been, I got uh, my PSP stolen by my um, teachers. 
because it was the last day of school and everyone was allowed to party. But I was sitting there playing my PSP, like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, I'm going to do that. do that, though. And then they took it, and I had, to, I had to beat some ass to get it back. Right. You were all, like, playing your PSP, and they're like, hey, man, man. And they were like, hoy, hoy. And then they, uh, I got into a brawl with them. <laughs> and it said, like, shitty teachers on the screen. <laughs> and then uh, we threw down. I went to extreme heat mode, and um, <laughs> I suplexed them, and I mashed triangle to get extra damage. It was fucking sweet. <laughs> As you watched their neck, like, begin to move yeah. closer and harder into the ground. It was good shit. <laughs> I don't know. I've been playing a lot of Yark, so like I said. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Mick Gordon continued to dabble with wholesome games for quite some time. And uh, he would go back and forth with the Marvel Superhero Squad series uh, over the years. But in 2010, Mick even helped compose the music for everyone's favorite title on the Wii. You guys remember <laughs> how many... Uh, yeah. Do you guys remember how many hours you sunk into The Last Airbender, the movie, the game? Fuck, man. I know how many I did. And you know what? I always envied my friends that had Wii's because I was like, man, I wish I was playing that. I wish I was playing M. Night Shyamalan's The, Air, the Last Airbender, the, the, the movie, the, the movie, the, the game, the movie. Based on the anime? <laughs> <laughs> so I lucked out and found that gem of a fucking soundtrack thanks to Unreleased Game Music's YouTube channel. So here's a little small snippet of that for us to enjoy briefly. Very briefly. <laughs> Moy briefalante. tune actually had a uh, less twists and turns <laughs> than M. Night Shyamalan's usual uh, <laughs> film directing. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that was atrocious. I mean, the music was good. I mean, it's basic. And then, you know, the final twist is it, that's actually what this whole episode is about. <laughs> you say the last fucking uh, twist is that all of that was actually played on Mick Gordon's skin flute. We were... <laughs> <laughs> is that his dick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want it to be? <laughs> Whoa. But also that same year, uh, 2010, in case you had forgotten with all of our uh, banter, Mick had helped to actually compose and perform music for the release of Need for Speed World. Wow, though. Which really feels like he got to have fun with it. And while the tune we have for you to listen to is a tad bit slower and relaxed than what you would expect in a high-speed game such as Need for Speed... Sometimes you gotta slow it down when you're going real fast. Right. Sometimes when you're, like, cranking into sixth gear, you gotta be like, Zab what I'm doing! <laughs> and, uh, you know what? I really feel like this tune has his fingerprints all over it.
Like, it's such a chill, almost like loungy vibe to it. But it you can you can still tell, like, that's Mick Gordon. Like, any good musician, he has his own sound, and he can just pick it up and say, hell yeah, dude, that's Mick fucking Gordon. <laughs> from the ambiance to, from, to the subtle guitar, he's right there in every note. No, uh, lately there seems to be a very much a signature guitar yeah. sound in a lot of the stuff he does. Oh yeah, and you know, like that may be uh, because he actually has a preference to a particular uh, guitar and bass. That would be the Polish mayonnaise guitars and basses. They've been making these instruments for several decades now, and it's literally the only um, company that he really likes to buy his guitars and basses for to, that uh, he uses. To fuck with. To professional. fuck with. <laughs> yeah. professional term. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, also, you can't really, um, it's kind of like uh, when they talk about a sword, a sword is useless in, in the wrong hands. Indeed. I so, say that every day. Right? <laughs> As I wield my, <laughs> my horse cutting blade. While you were uh, writing this episode, I studied the blade. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it to him. But he also certainly has a specific way of playing these guitars. It's what we're getting at here. He has his own sound, but he's definitely um, very fervent that everyone knows what kind of guitar and basses he uses. That's information pulled uh, directly from his likely uh, autobiography that he had written on his site. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, uh, that had everything except for his childhood. Thanks, Mickey. Um, <laughs> go into the following Should've year. Should have emailed them. Should have fucking emailed them. You know, Tony said that too. Tony from our uh, virtual reality episodes. He should give that a listen. He's still around there. He's around there. He's around. But uh, Hi, Tony. I, was, I was. Hey Tony, how's it going, man? I was shooting the shit with him the other day uh, when I was um, going back and kind of doing some editing, and um, he's like, you know, you should. If his emails there, like you should really try and hit him up. You should see if he wants to do like an interview or something. Ooh. I was like. Dude, I don't think our britches are big enough for oh, that. Yeah, you know they're not. My thighs can barely breathe in these britches. Mm. There's definitely not enough room to do an interview with Mick Gordon. Not in enough these cock britches. room. There's not enough cock room. Because you know Mick Gordon has a huge cock. <laughs> but get out of here. Which is what you came to our podcast to hear. That's what you all wanted to know. Trying to feed you with uh, more stuff to know, we go to the following year. Mick continues to work with the Need for Speed franchise with his work on Shift 2 with some heavier tunes and got to work alongside some of the other composers uh, that were part of that team. Now, Mike Reagan, who worked on that uh, Shift 2 soundtrack, also worked on the God of War series as well as Twisted Metal Black. And here's one of Mr. Gordon's tracks from Shift 2. more driving guitar and thundering bass line with these tasty electronic roots that feel super rad. Like this is probably some of his best music that he had put out by this time. Until well he had a couple <laughs> other projects between 2011 and 2013's release of Killer Instinct on the Xbox One but uh 
That's really not important because I really want to talk about Killer Instinct. What, what do you work on? Uh, mostly just uh, Marvel uh, superhero squad bullshit. Okay. Like he, there. I think there was even three or what four even, titles. What even is that for? Uh, let's see. They came out on a Wii, Xbox. I don't think they had a PS3 release, but uh, it's like chibi ass kids uh marvel heroes not for us men right it's like um oh how do i want to put it it's like teen titans go but for marvel (laughs) in a game like imagine the most adorable wolverine that you can imagine (laughs) and he's not saying like fuck you bub and like going berserker mode to tear through his enemies but probably just being like you're going down Naughty man, <laughs> boy, <laughs> and then bad boy, and then just slapping at him with his claws. <sighs> Which you know, like I'm really happy that after this point, he doesn't go back there. This is where he really gets his wings, man. I'm done with y'all. I'm done with y'all. I'm done yet. But it turns out he indeed was not done yet. Yeah, just like TJ Combo Wombo, he was not done yet. So what a wonderful project. Right, like Killer Instinct was just a super unique project that we'll have to cover on a separate episode. But briefly, we both really wanted to talk to you a little bit, at least, about Killer Instinct. We could do a whole episode on this game's soundtrack now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, like the way that each character was done, not just visually by the development team, but by Mick Gordon as a composer, like he, he's the reason, like like part of the reason. Like that was the, yeah. I mean, like other like than a the selling fact, point. Yeah, of this game. Other than the fact that I was super excited to jump back into uh, a classic favorite of mine. I'm pretty sure we mentioned on a previous episode that like mm-hmm. this was the reason we bought Xbox Ones. Yeah, this game. And when you showed me that game, and I heard the music, I was done. Mick Gordon sold me an Xbox One. Yeah. I would go as far as saying that. Because his music, for me, has outlived my want to play the game. That's true. How often does that happen? It like, unfortunately, really, for Killer Instinct. But yeah, like, I mean, like... At least it lives on in our ears. <laughs> right, I mean, if I could go back and just Killer play Instinct always had a pretty dope soundtrack, and he, like, kept the legacy. Uh, in fact, I would say he, uh, you know push forward, I don't know. He did. He took the legacy of it and, and like he blew it up. Yeah, and he brought it to the modern age, which we'll find later. Uh, I'll touch on that point, but like that is part of his uh, his main philosophy with uh, video game music. At least when he gets to work on something that has a heritage like that. And also, it, it uh, really works well, because the Killer Instinct games, uh, particularly 2013's, mm-hmm. um, cha- the music changes depending on like uh, how how well you're playing? Or I guess like it's it like, has dynamic themes. Yes, yeah. each stage has a dynamic theme. Every video game should have a dynamic theme, or like yeah, it should change to how you're playing. Exactly. So, uh, Killer Instinct was started by Double Helix Games and finished by Iron Galaxy. I guess like real quick, I should like uh, mm-hmm. specify like when you pull off like a huge hit combo, mm-hmm. the music you know fucking blows the hell up. Yeah. Um, 
when someone when your opponent's in like danger mode, mm-hmm. there's like a specific theme that starts playing during that. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Super sped up, just like the original games. Keep that's in true. Mind. That's true. And like you know, uh, games used to do that a little bit more. I felt like and it used to it used to be in like pretty much every game. <laughs> yeah, like every time you got close to being done with it, you know, it would change. This was Tekken uh, Seven did. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get to like the final round, but it's not as noticeable. It's not as noticeable, or as notable as Killer Instinct, for reals. Right, like I, I just I have no idea how to really put it to words. Like it literally had the coolest idea for music that I've ever enjoyed in a game. You know, Halo scores don't need them. All that. Oh, now fuck that. Yeah, nah, brah. And you know that Final Fantasy Nobu stuff? Nah. Get that weep shit out of here. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't need that shit in my life whatsoever. This soundtrack, though, yes, sir. Every damn day. Or at least pretty fucking much. Pretty much. For me, at least. You probably listen to it more than I have. Yeah, Sounds like it. It's it's. I do listen to it a lot. I used to listen to it at work a lot. I put on Jago's name and start counting cigarettes for the order. <laughs> dope. I mean, like, when you can listen to podcasts and music all day during a 12-hour shift, uh-huh. three days a week, you listen to a lot of... And, like, when I fall into that want to uh, listen to, like, Mick Gordon's driving music, I don't typically get out of that very easy. So... The reason why this game was sold to us by Mick Gordon is because the music actually has dynamic themes for every character, or stage rather, I should say stage, because they are tailored to the stages, but those stages are then tailored to the characters. So not only did you have a development team creating stages and characters that suited each other, you had Mick Gordon creating not just like a cherry on top, but literally the filling. And it goes back to David Lynch's theory of uh, sound and the audio, like audio and visual should be married. Yes, and like they absolutely were with 2013's Killer Instinct. Uh, for instance, when I talk about them being so tailored to each other, Spinal, you know, the, the skeletal Viking pirate, he had legitimately used the, the instrument that is made from a human thigh bone for some of the percussion in this music as well as drums that you would hear on a, on a Viking longboat and then those vocals were actually done in an old Nordic tongue. Like, it was a war anthem. Like he did fucking research. <laughs> he did, like, he literally did um, like anthropological research yeah. <laughs> in he went, to make music. He went to the remote uh, jungles of Peru <laughs> to, like, to, to, to form Maya's yeah. theme, yeah. He lived amongst the natives and yeah. learned their ways. He knew that he had to, to record the whelpings of a howler monkey, specifically. He went to the clubs to hang out with Orchid and learn her theme. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. And so, like, with, with Jago, you know, you had the Tibetan monk throat singing with Shadow Jago. And he really did train up there. Yeah, he did. He learned so <laughs> he much martial did. arts. And, you know, like with, uh, with Shadow Jacko, he got to, uh, his name was, I believe, uh, Christopher DeLeon, uh, who he found, I believe, on Twitter uh, by asking, hey, who's, who's good at death metal uh, guttural scream vocals? And so he found this fella, this Christopher DeLeon, 
um, to come in and record death metal vocals of the original Tibetan monk throat singing version of Jago's theme, which I thought was super awesome. The fact that he would like reach out and find somebody that, you know, I always liked fighting uh, either Omen or Shadow Jago on that stage as oh, Jago. Yeah, in the Shadow Tiger's lair. Like this is my stage, bitch. But nine times out of ten, a Shadow Jago on Kyle difficulty will prove that fact wrong. I gamed him. <laughs> I gamed him. I gamed him out. Yeah, all you gotta do is you gotta keep doing like, you know, like a couple like low dick combos. No, I said like come Jago's back the uh, second round. roundhouse and like he would always try and Wah! combo that. Wah! And then um you just you could try and combo him, but he'd get broken. He'd get broken. Uh, yeah, we're gonna need at least like seventeen combo breaker audio files in here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> all on top of each other. I want the listeners to be thoroughly annoyed by the time we finish this section. <laughs> so the music of the stage actually plays in beats to the hits you score on an opponent when you're using your ultra combo on that enemy to close out that fight. And so, like every single hit is like a piece of percussion and string instrument or synthesizer indeed one could say that you are the composer hmm, of or their opponent. demise oh. depending on your skills right and and like when you enter into that ultra combo it's just so satisfying and then if you time it correctly it has this absolutely satisfying final like just shocking crescendo where, you know, like, you got to hit your, uh, I want to say on, like, um, on the Xbox, it's what, B and Y? Yeah, to do final, Yeah, to do your uh, final attack. And it's just so, mm. So here's one of our favorite tracks from Killer Instinct, and it was so hard to choose one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs>
each character is vastly different and therefore has vastly different music, you still had the feeling that, yeah, this is still Mick Gordon's music. And um, you could feel that in every single track, through well, through season one and season two. Until, you know, season three comes along, we get Rash and Rom and Arbiter and... <laughs> I don't think that... Not Nick Gordon tracks? Yeah, and you gotta deal with the halo. <laughs> uh, but after Killer Instinct, each year goes by... I'm guessing you in season three of Bad Rap. I might I mean, actually sat and like listened to all the tracks from... I did. Yeah. I played quite a bit of season three. And like the Shadow War. <laughs> Shadow Wars. Or oh my god, dude. It was not fun. Huh. And so every year that past uh, 2013 and 2014's um, Killer Instinct Season 1 and Season 2 goes by fairly quick for Mick Gordon and brings something new and amazing to the table each time. Each game coming up is a Bethesda title, but also has some really heavy, dirty, gritty, amazing stuff. 2014 brought us Wolfenstein New Order. Another series that will definitely be getting an episode from us two to you two at some point in the near future. And this is this is another one of those games where like the music again tied in the atmosphere of the game super well with everything that was going on around you. Do you want uh, Wolfenstein? Yeah, specifically the New Order in twenty fourteen. Um, the best track I could think of off the top of my head is when you uh you steal a fucking Nazi death robot. And then bust out of a <laughs> concentration camp. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Gameplay of controlling that mech mm. didn't match his track for that. No, it didn't quite. Like there wasn't enough uh, murdering to do for that. <laughs> there track. was not. Yeah, like you felt. There's a lot great. of murdering. Yeah. But not enough. Not, not enough not. Nazi killing. And that's just it with Wolfenstein. There's always room for more Nazi killing, and always more room <laughs> for music. Gordy music. Yeah, as long as there's Nazis and a good driving guitar, you got my money, brother. And, uh, you know, we, we proved that fact in 2015 with Wolfenstein Old Blood, which is seriously an awesome two-parter as far as that series goes. Like, you know, the 2014-2015 Wolfensteins that I loved to enjoy. Brent recently made me go back and play them and actually beat them uh, after I had held on to them for probably, like, two years. Did you ever... I know we, we played through Old Blood on mm -hmm. our channel... 
yep. Twitch, I believe. And then I played New Order by myself. Did you finish it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, yes. I fucking loved it. And the fact that I got to buy both for around 20 bucks uh, about a year or two after that they came out was a total steal. And I imagine that you can probably still find both those games as a combo on several sites. I bet they can't be terribly expensive at this point. They Single-player-only like, games. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, re- relatively short. It's about a 10, maybe, 8 to 10 hour campaign. Depends on like, how, long, if, how long you want to like, spend looking for secrets. I love finding all the goddamn secrets, if I'm going to be honest. An old woman gave us shelter Kept us hidden in the garret Then the soldiers came She died without a whisper There were three of us I'm the only one this evening, but I must go on. The frontiers are my prison, for the wind, the wind is blowing through the grave. like we had to choose the uh, the end credits for uh, for this specific Wolfenstein game uh, to, to show you guys and enjoy um, which is just a serious fucking mm, treat but uh, it really goes well at the end of new uh, old blood yeah considering it's like it ends with um uh, BJ getting on like or like going to the beginning of uh, new order which you know is an ill-fated raid, yeah. which you know costs him fourteen years of his life. Yeah, and on top of that too, uh, that fucking boss fight in Old Blood <laughs> just left a, a big, bad, awful taste in my mouth. And that music really, really helped clean my fucking palate. <laughs> Sadly, we can't say the same for uh, the <laughs> new Colossus that comes uh, comes further down Mick Gordon's timeline. Yeah. We'll get to that, I suppose. <laughs> but first, um, 2016, I guess. like uh, Came and went. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> what the fuck do you think came out in 2016, bitch? Doom! Duh! Have you not been fucking listening? Turn on that good shit!
seriously, I listen to this fucking album so regularly that it's kind of disgusting. And the album also has some really sweet interludes with demon monologuing, just talking about how terrifying Doom Guy is, calling him the Hellwalker, and using a new name that we've had for him, Doom Slayer. And actually gives us some sweet, tasty, delicious lore that we all love and crave about the Doom series. There's one thing Doom's known for is lore. <laughs> yeah, and certainly not the grits. <laughs> Getting grits. Getting grits. I fucking love everything about 2016 Doom. Yeah, yeah. There's not a goddamn bad thing about that game. Nah. And uh, if there certainly was, it's definitely not the fucking music. It's true. I literally listen to that album pretty frequently, too. It's, it's honestly, it's probably two of my most played albums uh, even this year are 2016 Doom and Killer Instinct uh, Season 2. Because of Herald of Gargus, which is Shadow Jagger's theme, and then Polymos and Sandstorm, which is uh, the fucking Gollum. I don't even remember his fucking name. No, Sandstorm was uh, Conra. Yeah, Polymos was the Gollum. Agonos. Agonos, yeah. Conra. Ah, oh, you make a fine specimen. Creepy, creepy mummy. Creepy mum. He uh, was real creepy. June 2016, motherfucking BFG division? BFG. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, the BFG division was probably my favorite tune off that album. I listened to uh, Hellwalker a lot. Hellwalker, yes. Rust, dust, and guts. What letter does cut start with? G. Man, I'm so excited to talk about Nick Cage soon. So very soon. Soonies, soon, 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 soon. With a particular film that's come out that's really good. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, no, like this album has literally been my battle anthem for so many things, both uh, completely minute. And absolutely uh, tremendous as well. I listen to this album no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm taking a soft duke. <laughs> I'm doing the dish. I'm running around outside trying to kill some teenagers. Mm -hmm. Chainsawing down some trees. Eating some cars. I'm you, listening to the Doom sound. You know, they made a Doom mod for the original one. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's like Doom guys retired and you just have to like ride around on a, a, a riding mower and you mow your lawn. <laughs> and, like, you get attacked by demons while you're doing it. <laughs> I hope that's how I actually retire. Yeah. I'll know that I did it right And you can drink, me. like, monster energy drinks while you're mowing. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to drink Miller High Life. Well, I think it's, like... Uh, or Heineken. I think they use the Monster Logo can, but, like... Oh, yeah. It's, like, called something else. Ah, uh, Heineken. <laughs> so, 2017... Gordo got busy as fuck. Mick did composition for three titles in 2017. He did some music for Prey, which is super spooky and very satisfying, very ethereal, and that's probably the best way that I can explain it. It's the best game uh, where you're justified in smacking toilet paper rolls with a wrench, because it might be a, actually be an alien. Yeah, mm, I don't like it. I, uh, I haven't been able to play Prey yet. It's one of those games that didn't necessarily slip under my radar. I just never got around to buying it. I'm still thinking about it pretty often. And Mick Gordon's track uh, actually comes in at the beginning of the game. 
from what little I've seen of the game and watch Brent play, it does this excellent job just kind of setting up the atmosphere for this sci-fi horror game that's getting new life. And again, we start to see, you know, this continued theme from Mick Gordon where Prey had originally come out and uh, been uh, pretty lackluster. You know, I was just thinking back, like, to my favorite part in the original Prey. Oh, yeah. The like, part where you, you accidentally like, kill your granddad. <laughs> when you press the button and inadvertently, <laughs> horrifically murder your grandfather. <laughs> you, you did a harken back to that in the E3 episode. I just, like, oh, I did. You did. <laughs> this is throwback. But Shit. no, dude, like, remembering that scene specifically, like, he's like, what the fuck? Ghost on you must do it's away like, with the alien. Like, no, it's cool, though. Now I'm a cool Indian ghost. <laughs> I will help you now. As you are stop, asked. stop. <laughs> we did enough of that in fucking Turok, dude. <laughs> that's enough, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> So, while not as hype as uh, Doom 2016, his opening track for Prey definitely set the scene, which, you know, we found he's very good at. He doesn't necessarily always need to make a metal-ass soundtrack to make music that we'll really enjoy. You tell him what kind of game you're looking for, and the man is a professional. He'll be able to literally just tailor it. He's not a one-trick pony. So how did you feel starting up Prey back in 2017 and hearing that kind of opening track? If you can kind of remember... The right. opening of the game is really cool. Like, you, you wake up in your apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of... I guess I'll probably end up spoiling a bit, but, like, you wake up in your apartment. Um, you, you fuck around in your apartment, you know? You can, like, oh, I can throw all my shit across the room. Like, you're kind of given free reign to just interact with your apartment, how you see fit. Um... And it's like when you're ready to go, you put on like your suit, your space, space suit, yeah, like your your scientist suit, and then you um, it's like all right, yeah, we'll take you on this helicopter. We're gonna head to the lab or whatever, and then like you're just kind of like chilling in the helicopter, looking out the window while like the credits start like you know appearing kind of coming through, yeah. yeah, and then uh, you find out that it's like, it was all like a simulation. It's oh. like they're doing like experiments with like their. Uh, it's been too... I can't remember, like, the name of, like, the <clears throat> fucking... But the music sets the tone. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's pretty chill, like, future space synth. Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah, so, again, like, very atmospheric, very much so... Very uh, artificial. Yeah. So, next we had something that definitely went under the radar, which was, uh, Lawbreakers? <laughs> Maybe you guys watched a trailer or something like that. This game was a total flop. Which is funny because I don't think I actually ever even saw a physical copy of the game anywhere or saw it advertised after I first saw that trailer. Now, for those of you that don't remember, this was a sort of like a objective-based uh, team and battle royale style. Yeah, it was an arena-style shooter. Uh, it looked like it had some massive potential. It had some pretty interesting characters. But uh, being that I had not been able to play it, I didn't know this, but in researching all the things that uh, Mick Gordon had done, I found this super fucking sick track that he did for a character known as Faust. And this track that we're about to play for you has the same wonderful name.
seriously fucking sick. Like, fun side note, though, on Lawbreakers, the servers are actually shutting down this month, which is September of 2018, for those of you that are uh, kind of finding us down the road. But for real, though, how about that fucking tune? Yeah, the game outlives the company. Yeah. <laughs> and the music, again, outlives our want to play <laughs> the game. Interesting. I'm starting to see multiple themes with Mr. Gordon. Finally, we had Wolfenstein the New Colossus, which was, again, who'd have fucking guessed, amazing. Well, uh, except for that final end credits song that we were teasing at earlier. It's not good. It's... I don't even know if I want to put it in this episode. Believe you me, like I beat that game. I was like, man, that game was sick. And then it starts playing that track, and I was like, oh, uh, no, no, why you gotta do that? And, and see, for me, like, it's like, uh, it's I like, didn't even end up beating it yet. It's like doing like a sick, like, you do like a sick burnout in your car. Mm-hmm. You like dodge like eight other cars, and then you're about to like do a sick, like, parallel park, drift into parallel park, and then you back into a fire hydrant right after that. That's Wolfenstein New Colossus. It just like <laughs> you, that you do team. the you do the triple lariat uh, somersault, but then you you don't stick the landing. <laughs> and instead, your face goes into some fat dude's bunghole. Yeah. So like I, I know I'm garbage and I should feel bad for not beating it yet, but I just keep buying more games because I have a problem and I'm basically a video game magpie. But I feel that I will have a harkening back to Coltrane's rap from Gears Two when I get to the end there. <laughs> And I'm not really looking forward to it, Brent. Well, you gotta finish Yakuza 0, so I have some, oh, something to talk yeah. about so you can start playing the new ones. Yeah, so I can play Kiwami, and then Kiwami 2, and then move on, and also get Soul Calibur 6, and Fist and North Star. Anyway, well, you know. I have so much catching up to do. I wish I could do it now. <laughs> but... Uh, aside from not being able to beat games and everything like that, <laughs> looking to the future, ahead of us, we had this bloody, disgusting, grits-filled future of some more of Mick Gordon's gore-fiend anthems and Doom Eternal. And quite possibly, I'm pretty much positive, though it hasn't been said yet, <clears throat> that he'll be doing the music for Wolfenstein's Young Blood. Hopefully. So we may be able to jam out to some more of video games' best music. Humble and honest opinion. I don't fucking care. Fight me. But you can do that with a friend. And that sounds amazing. Mick Gordon has done some really cool shit the past few projects he's worked on. From hiding pentagrams and other cool shit in the sound waves of his tracks, to using unorthodox instruments to get that perfect sound, or using strange equipment to corrupt and twist different synth notes and sounds to get that perfect, just, mm, feel in his tunes. Now, he has used, you know, like the human thigh bone, as well as, uh... In this interview that I got to watch of him, he kind of talked about uh, using this old 1980s Soviet synthesizer that was nearly impossible for him to actually kind of figure out. The entire menu (laughs) is in Russian, 
and uh, there's no manuals no. for such a thing. But that's actually uh, he used a lot of um, that synthesizer sounds to actually come up with the sound of Doom 2016. <clears throat> now he also uh, collects old tape cassette players and a myriad of other sound equipment just to mess around and genuinely just enjoys making noise. And I know a couple of you at least uh, really enjoy that specifically, just making some noise, creating something. And perhaps you're a hoarder of these sort of uh, tape cassette players and old guitar pedals that no one really fucking understands Artifacts. anymore. Yeah, these these audio artifacts i would love to see some of your rigs i've seen one of our listeners rigs and his room is just like have you ever seen um <clears throat> serial experiments lane no this is an anime it's very strange whole rooms filled with coolant wires and computers and shit that's this dude's room <laughs> nice but he makes some super cool shit. And I gotta thank him for uh, giving us a physical copy of our Evo episodes. That was really stellar, dude. That's gonna be a nice addition to like maybe a little shadow box we put up in the old uh, studio <laughs> here. It's gonna be... It's it's just... It's really rad to, to have people around that just enjoy creating some good old-fashioned fucking noise. And in closing, I had watched an interview that he had done for Doom behind the music. He has uploaded that on his YouTube channel. That's Mick Gordon's official YouTube channel. The way he says he went into working on Doom 2016 really says a lot about his character. Mick said that when he worked with Doom, how iconic its original sound was, and that it, he needed to respect that sound of the original game while making it feel new and heavier and much more aggressive. Man, it just gives me life knowing that someone that has that level of compassion for the projects he works on is out there doing these amazing things, just making noise. I really started getting super excited for Doom Eternal when I found out that Mick Gordon was actually coming back. Yeah, I was really, I was really <clears> talking <throat> about that too. I was like, good. And good. you could tell as soon as we got to enjoy part of that trailer in E3. Yeah, like, the sound. That is fucking Mick Gordon. I'm pretty sure they said it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like... I like how quiet the crowd was. and like They're like, oh, cool, yeah, fuck yeah, Doom. And they're like, and Mick Gordon's coming back to make the music. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> It's like immediately just opened up like a hell pit. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just like, you know, that, that shotgun, that shotgun he got there with that hook and the chain thing is pretty fucking cool. But that fucking music, I get to look forward to another Doom soundtrack by Mick Gordon. Oh, it's like oh God. Doom 3, um, they were going to have Trent Reznor working on the soundtrack mm -hmm. for it. They, he ended up dropping out, or like they told him they weren't, he wasn't needed anymore. Right. But then we get Mick Gordon instead for the Doom. And that's that's alright. Yeah, like, I, I mean, um, Trent Reznor has done video game music in the past, hasn't he? For Quake. For Quake. The first Quake. Yeah. Um, and um, Quake 2 on the N64, mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah, we can tell that, obviously, Trent Reznor has never been uh, sort of uh, 
stranger to making music for anything other than, you know, movies or TV shows such as uh, HBO's Watchmen series that's going to be coming up here. But, you know, like you had said, Quake, and, like, that's a soundtrack that's real funny. It's really good. That's real good. It's the best. And uh, so, yeah, Mick opinion. Gordon could just keep doing that. Yeah. You know, like, just keep making music. I'm going to just give any game that he does any sort of composing for a thorough ocular pat down and then massage my ears to those tasty jams <laughs> even if that next project is avatar the last airbender the movie the game too yeah you will because to be quite honest i mean like it doesn't fucking matter if the game shit i'm gonna listen to the music either way <laughs> So I really hope that you guys dug the tunage that we that we had in store for you today, that you had a sort of fun audio journey through the evolution of Mick Gordon with us. And um, I don't think that we sounded too presumptuous when we did this, you know, like, I'm a beatnik, and if you don't like these sonic waves, then... I rode on the road... I just, yeah, you know, like, maybe I'll shave my beard into, like, a soul patch and then start licking someone's butthole every time I open my mouth. I don't know. I was I was a little apprehensive about doing a music episode, but I couldn't not. Oh, yeah. You know. It's Mick fucking Gordon, man. Uh, he's, he's, like, probably, like, my favorite composer working on video games today. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, you know, like, Nobu and everybody who did Halo music, like, you know, yeah, those are really iconic, but... There's, like, Mick Gordon, and there's, like, Zuntata, which does, like, the Darius soundtrack. Oh, man. I love that soundtrack, too. But again, like, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode, and thank you so much for listening, and thanks to our donors over at our Patreon. That's patreon.com uh, backslash podcast for two people. If you have any extra money, just throw it at us, and... You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. We'll use it. We're looking at getting another microphone for the studio and some nice filters and just an overall upgrade in sound quality to keep, you know, barfing into your ears. So we appreciate you uh, you guys helping us out by uh, letting us uh, yell at you. Yeah. It's really fun. We really enjoy it. We're having a good time. And, um, of course... Uh, We'll holler at y'all next week. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back. Hell yeah.